So it is, uh, what is it, April 17th? Yes. 2017, and I'm interviewing Leanne Pullen at Washington Henry in Hanover County. And uh, I wanted to start by just getting you to tell me a little bit about yourself as a teacher, how long you've been teaching, subject level you teach, all that. Sure. So I have been teaching for eight years. I taught four years as a second grade inclusion teacher in... Um, Fairfax County as a general education teacher, and mm. then we moved down here four years ago and was hired as a special education teacher in order to also finish my special education endorsement. Uh, since I've taught special ed, I've taught kindergarten through fourth grade. So the nice thing mm -hmm. is I've now taught a gamut and a mm -hmm. gamut of disabilities and mm -hmm. um, as well as abilities in general. Yeah. And what's your, um, what class are you teaching right now? What's the... So currently I have pull out third grade language arts, pull out third grade math. I have a kindergarten student who I push in with, and I also have intervention with um, first grade students. Okay, great. Can you tell me uh, a little bit about your school? Sure. So I work at an elementary school. Our numbers continue to go down. Mm -hmm. um, we have less than 500 students. When I first started, we had four sections of each grade, mm -hmm. kindergarten through fifth. And this year we have three sections of kindergarten first and second. So each year we're kind of losing a section. We are mm -hmm. landlocked. Mm -hmm. And so any new construction in the area goes and feeds into other schools. Mm -hmm. um, so we have become more transient. Um, we have increased the number of students who have um, free and reduced lunch. Mm -hmm. Our special education population is interesting, even though our population as a whole continues to decrease a little bit each year, mm -hmm. we continue to still have high numbers of special education students. Okay, okay, good. Um, so... I met you last summer and we were um, getting going on this action research project through META, the teacher leadership uh, program. And at that point, I was asking you to think about problems that you would think you could maybe address through research. And um, can you tell me a little bit about the problem that sort of inspired your project? Being, it's, it's kind of nice. Having taught general education and now special education, mm -hmm. I've been a collaborative teacher, seen a lot of different classrooms and the one thing I always noticed was students always sat in the same seat for the most part even though there was guided reading and guided math there were very limited options for choice seating and the environment and it was kind of very structured for them and there wasn't any choice and a lot of students um, we've also seen an increase of students with attention difficulties mm. and even though they may not be students who have special needs, mm -hmm. there tends to be, um, I've noticed a lot of students who have difficulties um, getting started, staying focused, having motivation. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of wanted to see the impact that the environment had if it was less structured. We give them choices in other ways, um, but typically, if they moved in the room, it was either structured for them, this is where the center is, or you have the choice to sit here and here because you have done something. 
Mm -hmm. um, or to keep you from acting a certain way, as opposed to really giving students choice and ownership over their environment. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, generally we think about sometimes we need to highly structure environments for students to scaffold them up to more responsibility, but you were thinking that it was too structured and that, that like opening it up might give them, engage them more. Right, yeah. so um, when you think about students who have attention difficulties, if there's a lot of stimulation around them and mm -hmm. they can't move away from it, they're stuck in that stimulation, but mm -hmm. we still want them to attend. Mm -hmm. Then we have students who um, may be hyperactive and very impulsive, mm -hmm. and we're structuring very much how they are. They have to stay in their seat, or they may be able to stand, but it's one in particular spot. And so just mm -hmm. seeing how um, having choice of where students move, who they work near, how that could have an impact on their attention and focus, but also their motivation because now they have ownership of their environment and where mm -hmm. they're choosing to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. So um, what was your initial question, thinking about that as your um, sort of problem context? What, what question did you pose and how did you go about answering that question? My original question was um, I wanted to know the impact of the student environment on attention and motivation. Mm -hmm. And the students I really looked at um, were my self-contained language arts block. I had eight students. Mm -hmm. um, some of them I also have for math, but my number of students was much smaller for that. And so these students ranged from having attention difficulties and or specific learning disabilities. Mm -hmm. And I had them previously, and I kind of had some choice for them last year, um, but again, somewhat more structured. Mm -hmm. And so having known the students and having a good point to start with them, where I knew the academics were going to be okay, I kind of wanted to see if I could change the environment, how that might impact them, and mm -hmm. really focus on that. Mm -hmm. And how did you... Um how did you answer that? How did you determine the impact of the environment on their attention? So I decided to set up my classroom where I had um, really only three desks, and they were all spread out. Students could move them wherever they wanted. There was a table at um, the height where they stand that would hit them kind of in the waist, mm -hmm. um, a table that was lowered where they could sit in a chair or different stools, and then a much lower table, pillows, I had um, like beach chairs, other different types of chairs, balls, discs, mm -hmm. and really set the room where they could manipulate the furniture in any way they wanted to. Mm -hmm. And then in order to get an idea of how they did at the beginning for my baseline data, I let them just come in and sit wherever they wanted. No guidance, no mm -hmm. structure. And once you know, they all sat by their friends and mm -hmm. there was a lot of talking and they all went straight for the balls because it was different. They hadn't been used to that. They're used to the blue hard chairs that they've always had. Mm -hmm. And so after baseline, then I introduced lessons on asking them, you know, why do you, they think I set up the environment the way I did mm -hmm. and their attention and their motivation and kind of looking at what an awesome learner is, which is really um we defined it as someone who is doing their very best, who is starting right away, staying focused to the best of their ability and completing assignments. And then a team player definition that we came up with was really allowing others to do their best. So as much control as they had over themselves to not distract others mm -hmm. um, and their ability to complete their assignments and make progress. And so through those lessons, then we also looked at self-reflection. 
-hmm. and that's where I got the most bang for my buck, Mm -hmm. um, was students had a sheet and they had a circle where they sat, what furniture they used, Mm -hmm. where they moved it to, whether they sat near other students or by themselves. Um, And then they also reflect on where, when I was in that location, was I an awesome learner and a team player? Mm-hmm. And then I kind of tracked that data, and then I also did interviews as well. Um, and then at one point, I also took away the reflection to see, you know, at that point after, you know, however many weeks, I guess like four or five weeks with breaks, how have they internalized that yet? Mm-hmm. And they hadn't. And it was interesting. Right. The two females yeah. had, and they had internalized it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the boys reverted back mm-hmm. to wanting to sit near their friends and talk and go back towards the balls. So, And then I also realized there was a difference between the reflections. When the reflection was given at the beginning of class, it kept students on track. When it was given at the end, mm-hmm. their behavior may have changed and fluctuated throughout the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really interesting to kind of track that data through the progression. Okay. A, a couple of follow-ups on that. Um, when you, I mean, with your baseline and then through the different sort of interventions that you did with the reflection and um, the choice options, how were you measuring attention? How were you, how did you know um, to see improvement or how you would see improvement? So the students um, reflected themselves and then mm-hmm. I also... Um, would agree or disagree. So based on, I would take anecdotal observations as well, or Mm -hmm. just tallies throughout class Mm -hmm. um, to kind of track and see if they were attending. Because the thing is, they could not be distracting, but they may not have been focused Mm -hmm. on their work and actually attending to the task at hand. Um, And the great thing was some of the observations that I noted throughout was now students will come up to me and say, I need help attending. Can I sit at your table? or they'll move away from other um, peers, or they'll actually, you know, the last cycle I worked on advocating and what that meant for them and advocating and saying, um, you know what, you're not being team player right now, I need to move away from you because you're not moving and I need Mm -hmm. to make that choice. And so now I see students moving, uh, the majority of them, even in the interviews, it was really interesting, they all said, I need to work away from other people. Mm-hmm. Well, when you go back to the classroom, they don't have that option, really. Mm-hmm. And so that was really interesting for them to realize that that's what they need, mm-hmm. but also day-to-day what they needed changed. Mm-hmm. And then I did notice, too, um, one of the things that was a challenge was not only time, but also changes in routine or breaks. When we came back from a long break, like winter break or something like that, it took a couple days to kind of get back in routine and review, you know, what an awesome learner team player was Mm -hmm. so that they could then refocus on what the goal Mm -hmm. was. Yeah, that's been interesting because your your project was initially about choice, but then it got um, really focused on the issue uh, or the idea of like how reflection supports choices and then how uh, advocacy becomes like sort of the next step of that. Um, Can you speak a little bit about that, like how what you see as the connection between choice, reflection, and advocacy? Sure. So what I ended up finding was that the environment really impacted the attention and work completion Mm -hmm. when it was paired with the lessons and the reflections. It didn't necessarily directly impact motivation coming from the students. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't really say, you know, that sitting here impacted me being motivated. 
but what impacted them was they needed a break. So what I came to find too was these students also need breaks and of interest. So they will work for an extended period of time knowing that then they will have a break. And that impacted motivation. Mm-hmm. And so everything combined really helped these students be successful. And then um, with the advocacy, what I really wanted to do, we talked a lot about it and then um, had a couple lessons and then we wrote a class book just to kind of review the whole year, working in the environment, working on how the classroom environment has impacted their attention and motivation. And it was fun for them because they were telling their story and including things like one of my students loves to like just play with erasers and paper clips. Well, mm-hmm. in any other classroom that would be frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Well, when set up as a break that you have earned for three minutes and he's using it appropriately. So that was included in the book and they thought that was really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so just paired, and that was one of the students who actually um, has the shortest attention span and he will now come up when he needs to and say, you know, I need to work on my attention, can I sit here? Mm-hmm. Or I'm distracted, can I sit here? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been really big, the fact that they will ask for that. So the next step then is really to try and get them to take what they know and that they've learned in here and be advocates when they go back into the general education classroom. Mm-hmm. And then what I would love to do next year is then teach general education again and go through the same project mm-hmm. and get that data and see where that goes. Mm-hmm. The book is so interesting. Can you tell me more about that? Like, wh- where did that idea come from? Um, so Scholastic does a free publishing mm-hmm. um, project that you can do online, and you can submit. You have to have a minimum of so many students, um, but you get a free class book, and then the students can um, purchase as well. And there are two different projects. There's one where you can create a class book, and then there's ones where students can do individual books. Okay. Um, And so the deadline was super short, and I really just wanted them to have something to show and to remember when they go to next year down the road that they've learned to be these advocates and what they've learned through their environment, because a lot of the Mm. quotes came from them. Mm. Um, And then, like, one student at the beginning of the book, it says there are, you know, eight very sad students. They always sat at the same desks, and they always sat at the same chairs, and they often thought, and some of the things were, I wish I had a break. I wish Mm -hmm. I could move. I wish I could stand. I wish I had choices. Um, And then um, also like what a team player was and um, an awesome learner. And then at the end, the advocacy component. And, you know, that they've learned to say, I need to sit away from other students. I need to ask to sit at your table so that I can concentrate Um, And so it kind of went through the whole process, and then um, we took photographs for each part of the book and then sent it off. So then we should hopefully get that back in May. And then I will now have a class book that I can take at a staff meeting or to other classrooms and Mm -hmm. say, you know, this is a great opportunity to try this. Here's a Mm -hmm. book to kind of help you think through it, but then also read it to your students and have these conversations. And then... At the back of the book, I also included activities for before, during, and after reading, mm-hmm. um, and kind of some reflection conversations for students and having ownership over their environment. Because the next step that I've done is I've reached out to um, one of the high school shop teachers, and my students mm-hmm. have kind of designed 
some furniture. I wanted them to have ownership on, you know, their um, third grade curriculum is simple machines. And so we took that and the writing in different um, parts of the SOLs that they needed and combined it all with this and said, all right, if you're going to create something for this classroom, based on what you know, based on what would help you, what are some things that you would create? Mm -hmm. And then the shop teacher and I have um, started a collaboration. Hopefully we'll get them to make some of these mm -hmm. things so that they have them in their classroom for next year that they created. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's super cool too. And um, I wonder if this is like another sort of theme. You know, there's the choice, reflection, advocacy, but then also you seem to be experimenting with this idea of like the creation of real real world products, like a book that will be used and, you know, designing real furniture that will be built, you know, things like that. And it would have would a boost that can be to students, you know, feelings of, of meaning in their work. Right. I mean, yeah. just having ownership of it. I mean, yeah, yeah. when they have ownership and they say, all right, I get to make this choice or this is the impact that my choice makes, but allowing them to do that and have mm -hmm. that opportunity mm -hmm. um, has really allowed them to learn. It's just now going to be applying it in other settings, which mm -hmm. is, you know, the next step of advocating is, yes, I've learned this, but can I now communicate that in mm -hmm. other settings? Um and then at the back of the book, I also included homework stuff, too, because the parents could then purchase the book for their child if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I wanted that to also transfer to when I'm home and I'm doing homework, is there a certain mm -hmm. area or certain way that I study that will impact me at home mm -hmm. and what's going to help me? Um, and so that's been, they've been really, really excited, especially about the furniture, like I said, ownership of it. Like they have created things. One of them was really cool. It's um, a portable adjustable cup holder mm -hmm. because they switch classes that no matter what type of furniture they couldn't connect it to and stick their water bottle in it mm -hmm. and it not have to get water on the desk or um, you know have to put it on the corner or be in their way or whatever be on the floor and knock it over and then another mm -hmm. student created um, had the idea of a table a desk where for work offices when they have assignments or they just need their separated area to focus um, hinges with then wood that would pull up and lock into place. So it was like a wooden office already connected to the desk mm -hmm. that they can manipulate, mm -hmm. um, which is really neat to kind of see them do it. And then because they can manipulate my furniture, but my furniture is basic school furniture and then a lot that I purchased um, it's harder to manipulate. So a lot of mm -hmm. them also wanted wheels on the tables or wheels on the desks with mm -hmm. brakes so that they can move them throughout different parts of the room if they need to move away from people or towards people. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought that was really neat as well. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. Um, you said, so I'm interested in, you know, how what you've been doing in your classroom, what you've been learning is important. Um, in a broader sense. Um, and so I'm interested in getting your reflection on why this is an important set of skills to build for these students as they move through school and through life. And, um, and then also what, how this might help other teachers think about their work. Sort of two different things there. I think, and it goes not only for my students, yes, they have special needs and yes, they're pulled out. Mm -hmm. um, but I think students in general, we are really as um, 
we move towards 21st century learners and looking at um, preparing them, the focus has shifted more towards grit and perseverance. Mm -hmm. And homework has changed and how we teach has changed. And students really need to understand how to go about that. And as they learn that it's okay to make mistakes, but I have to have those opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I have to figure out how I learn best Mm -hmm. to then be successful. Or if I fail, what's another way to go about that? Or what else do I need to help me be successful? Mm -hmm. And this is really setting them up to be able to do that and say, for me to learn on this type of day in this type of situation, I need to sit away from myself. Mm -hmm. I might need to look away from others, or I might need to talk this out with somebody else, Mm -hmm. or I'm really fidgety today, I need to be able to stand. I mean, when you even look at offices now, you know, Mm -hmm. some people have different seating even in offices. They might have a exercise ball, or they might choose to raise their desk so that they can stand during the day. Mm -hmm. And it's teaching them now to figure out what works for them so that they can say as they get older, this is what I need, this is what helps me, Mm -hmm. you want me to be successful, well, this is going to help me do that. Mm -hmm. And also also the transference, like I said, at home, when they Mm -hmm. go home and they study, is the kitchen table the best place for me to get my work done? Mm -hmm. Is there another location or another type of seating that's really going to impact me Mm -hmm. um, and my success? So just developing those skills and opportunities for them so that they can be successful now and as they continue and then even looking ahead to college where you know it's a whole lot more freedom and you have to make those choices and if they already know what's going to help them be successful they Mm -hmm. can take that with them Mm -hmm. yeah and um that's great and and what about the the sharing piece with others so you you said you um maybe thought about sharing the book with other staff um, have you thought about doing professional development around some of the findings of your research? I have. I especially love once I do the general education side to bring that to. I think mm-hmm. buy-in is so big with teachers, and they love it when they can hear how you did it, how you created it, how you started lessons that they can go ahead and take and then tweak on their own to make it their own for their classroom mm-hmm. is really important. So the nice thing is I've done lessons that I can write up and have already for teachers, but then mm-hmm. also say, you know, this is the book. You can read it to your kids. It's written, you know, with the help of students creating it mm-hmm. um, for student buy-in. And, you know, right now you look on Pinterest and all over the place you see flex seating. Mm-hmm. And that drives me up a wall because mm-hmm. just because your room might look pretty doesn't mean that you're helping your students be successful. How mm-hmm. are you tying that in to their learning and their ability to make progress? And mm-hmm. what I've really found is that that student reflection is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and structuring times for breaks, for buy-in, and for that motivation is huge. And just because you set up your room doesn't mean it's going to all work out that way. And mm-hmm. um, we've had multiple conversations before where it, my project kept changing over time. It wasn't just about the environment on attention. It changed mm-hmm. to... Um, by the end of it, looking at advocacy and mm-hmm. tying it all together. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, for this type of choice, when you look at um, guided reading and guided math, there's there's text that teachers go to. Mm-hmm. And there's data that teachers go to and say, this is how it's set up. But teachers are very hesitant, let's say, that structure. Well, 
all those models have a structure in place to share with teachers. And that's what this is. It's my way of saying, this is a structure that worked. Now here you can go and put it in your classroom and tweak it so that there's more buy-in to help this flex seating become more um, purposeful and you know allow students to make more progress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and hopefully what you know this interview and uh, your writing about it and your sharing of it will also be is like the story behind how you got to where you got. You know, so it's not just a picture of a flexible seating classroom, but it's the all your ideas about how why it works right. and why it could be meaningful because then that people could apply it to their classes knowing their students. And I think teachers are interested. I think it's that block where they don't know how to get started. They, yeah. it's, it, they feel like it's so much freedom and choice that it mm -hmm. scares them. <laughs> you yeah. know, especially at the beginning of the year. How am mm -hmm. I going to get this when I have to do A, B, and C with structure-wise at the beginning of the year anyways? Mm -hmm. And then there aren't desks and they don't have their own spots and it's, um, so it can be overwhelming, and I think this will help provide some of that structure and understanding of how to start and where to kind of go with it to mm -hmm. help it be successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. I think the reflection is part of your structure, too. Yes. That kind of brings, like, okay, you made that choice, but now let's think about that choice. Well, and it gives yeah. that immediate reflection for the students to say, all right, this is what I did today. They can tell me why, and then this is what I need to change for tomorrow. And it allows them to have that structure without the teacher saying across from the room, sit down mm -hmm. or stop talking. It then puts it in their hands of mm -hmm. saying, all right, if I act A, this is the outcome. Mm -hmm. If I act B, this is the outcome for that. And mm -hmm. this is how it impacts my work. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, do you think the experience of going through this research journey this year is going to make you um, think about your work next year differently? Absolutely. Yeah, how so? Um, well, I would love the opportunity to do this in general education mm -hmm. and then get that data and also compare it and mm -hmm. see, you know, yes, I have eight students and to do that with, say, 25 students, mm -hmm. will it work the same way? Mm -hmm. I think it will. Mm -hmm. um, I think the structures are in place enough that it will. But to have that and compare it and then to help impact other classrooms, I think, mm -hmm. would be huge. Um, and then I think it also then even goes as far as, you know, counties really thinking of the type of furniture and what mm -hmm. is appropriate for students and where that's going. And if we're moving students in other directions to help them succeed, mm -hmm. what in the environment do we need to provide to help that as well? Yeah, yeah, it's really important stuff. It's often overlooked, but it's yes. important. Yeah. Well, great. Is there anything else you'd like to add about this project or anything I, I think it was great. I think it was yeah. um, going through the different cycles over the course of a year was mm -hmm. great. I mm -hmm. think um, not only myself, but I think a lot of us found that our projects shifted and changed that we didn't necessarily think would happen. I think mm -hmm. when you do data cycles, mm -hmm. I think it's very different. I think you go through and your data is there and it doesn't change as drastically. I think when mm -hmm. you do a big project like this, mm -hmm. um, you think it might go laterally and it doesn't. And mm -hmm. it really also makes you reflect on the types of data that you're taking and what mm -hmm. gives you the most bang for your buck. And mm -hmm. um, it just makes you become more reflective as a teacher. Um, but also more inquisitive in general and mm -hmm. really think about, you know, as a whole in education where you want to go and the impact that you want to make and mm -hmm. um, 
that type of thing. So I've I've really enjoyed it. Good. So thank you. Good. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed working with you. So good. Thank you.